Welcome to We're The Slack Group's podcast. This week we're in Manchester at our regional special educational needs conference supporting leaders in education joined by one of our speakers, the CEO um, of the ADHD Foundation, Dr Tony Lloyd. Tony, you've just finished your presentation and um, on neurodiversity. Please could you give us a snapshot of what you were talking about? Thanks, Rakea. Um, well, neurodiversity is a is a, a, a term that's really kind of taken hold in the UK um, and in the US as well, but particularly in the UK. Um, and what neurodiversity is about is it's about actually explaining to people that one in five human beings are neurodiverse. That means that one in five human beings have either dyslexia dyspraxia, dyscalculia, autism, ADHD, dysgraphia. Um, so these, these things we've often uh, called disabilities or learning difficulties. And what the neurodiverse paradigm is advocating is that you know, if one in five human beings have minds that are different, then maybe we should stop thinking of them as somehow less able or less than, particularly within our education system. Um, you know, these are the children who are referred to as SEN, they're the kids in the bottom set, they're the ones who are more likely to be excluded from school. But actually all the research is telling us that having ADHD or dyslexia autism doesn't actually mean you're lacking in intelligence at all. Um, but it means you learn in a different way. And within our traditional educational paradigm that was kind of established a couple of hundred years ago, we kind of had this idea that, well, if you can't read and write, you're not intelligent and you're not employable. Um, if you have autism or ADHD or dyslexia, you're not intelligent, you're not employable. Um, and we know that that's not true because in the 21st century, the context is different. 200 years ago, being given lots of knowledge while you were sat still in a chair and then being tested on how much you could remember of it at the end of the year was probably really quite important. But in the 21st century when everybody has a smartphone with every library in the world at the end of their hand because of the internet, then having a great memory perhaps isn't as important as it once was. So context is, 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 is really relevant here. And what the neurodiverse movement is saying is, well, if one in five human beings have learning differences, they're not errors of genetics. They're not disordered. They're not ill. They're different. And the fact that there's so many human beings, 20% of the human race, so over 2 billion, who are neurodiverse, then from an evolutionary perspective, there's a reason why that diversity exists and neurodiversity is as necessary to the survival of the human species as biodiversity. So what we're really trying to do here with educators at the conference today for With Us Like Group is actually ask them to let's, let's look at our concept of intelligence and ability. Let's look beyond our traditional national curriculum and our way of measuring intelligence in written exams. And actually, let's look at this with fresh eyes because in the 21st century, all the major growth industries in technology, robotics, bioscience, um, web-based applications, those industries actively recruit neurodiverse employees. Now, these are the major growth industries. So what are they seeing in 
that 20% of the neurodiverse population that our education system isn't. Um, so there's been this significant shift. Why? Because actually all those major growth companies that are influencing our culture and our society and our employment market, they know that those minds think in ways that are different. They can think in ways that computers can't, because computers tend to be very logical and super linear. We know that neurodiverse people actually are incredibly creative. The minds work in different ways. Um, and of course the major growth industries have gotten on to this. Um, but our education model, our deficit model of based on what children can't do, our assumption that the only way we can measure this is through a written exam, um, it is about challenging that and saying we need to look afresh and more to the point, you know, we need to move away from encouraging 20% of our children and our adults that you are not less than, you are not unemployable at all, but if we can understand and enable them to achieve their potential, then that's going to be good, not just for the 20%, but it's going to be good for our economy, it's got to be good for our communities, it's got to be good for our families, our schools. Um, so it really is uh, it really is a paradigm shift that we're calling for in the 21st century. Um, and it's interesting that it's industry who are leading the charge, not education, and education has to wake up because we can't keep excluding seven out of ten children just because they've got special educational needs. We can't keep ignoring them. We can't make assumptions that they're not able. We cannot encourage them to develop this learned helplessness or this sense of dependency when actually we're disabling them. And I'm, it's not as simple as saying, oh, well, this is about a social theory of disability versus a medical model of disability. It's not. The truth actually lies holistically somewhere that encompasses that whole spectrum of, you know, a social theory of disability and a medical theory of disability. It's not to say that having ADHD or autism or dyslexia or dyspraxia or dyscalculia isn't difficult sometimes. It is an impairment. But in the 21st century, in the same way that you have glasses, if you're visually impaired or a hearing aid, if you're, you know, you're hearing impaired, we know, for example, that things like Microsoft Office for anybody who's got dyslexia, there is no reason why you couldn't achieve your potential using something like Microsoft Office. We know that different teaching and learning strategies really enable people uh, who are struggling in education to achieve their potential and flourish and go on to make a successful transition into adulthood and get a successful career and have a successful life and have good family relationships and be a, a good citizen and, and contribute to their communities. So it really is quite a big challenge. Um, it's asking everybody to stop and think again. What about the one in five? Just because they don't have things written on their forehead, you know, we need to be thinking in a more broader and umbrella term uh, in terms of how we enable um, everybody, um, but, but children particularly, today's conference is about education, that you know we've got to stop seeing these children as being less than others, as being unable when we know in fact that there's a great deal of talent and ability there and certainly industry is recognizing that we just need our education department, our Ofsted framework, um, and our general educational paradigm to actually take a fresh look at it. 
As always, Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're not already, follow With a Slack group on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to find out the latest news from our schools and children's homes. Also give um, the ADHD Foundation a follow on Facebook, Twitter as well as Instagram. Also, um, for to explore our resources and our upcoming events, visit our website with the slack group.co.uk. Thank you. Okay.